Hello and welcome everyone. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. I've got myself here, Toby and Tennessee and Lola on the session. So we're going to do an amazing session for you today, hopefully all around marketing. And we've got an absolutely uh, incredible, incredible guest. So I'm sure many people are, are still joining. So thanks. Thanks very much for joining right on the on the queue. Um, I'm going to start with a little bit of an intro and then hand it over to our guest and then Lola as well to uh, introduce herself. And anyone that comes later, you're going to have to just play uh, play catch up. But um, thanks very much, guys, for, for coming. And uh, firstly, it's always great to know who's here for the first time. Who who's it, Whose first event is this? Drop that in the, in the comments um, just so we've got an idea. If this is your first one, just let us know. Um, that's great. Joey, it's your first event. Yeah, keep keep that coming as well so I can see it. Um, my name's Toby. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, and I'm the founder of Diverse, which is an initiative that I started to help um, students, graduates, young people uh, in the UK into employment with some of the top organizations. So we do online events like the one that you're at right now um, to help upskill you and give you tips, advice, and also inspire you as well um, and show to you how to really progress in your career. And so we have lots of job opportunities um, on our website as well. So now that you've signed up, you'll receive uh, our newsletter where we have different roles. So if you're looking for a placement or an internship or an entry level position, then uh, we should hopefully be able to help you with that. What we're going to do today is talk all about uh, Tennessee, really. So it's going to be all about uh, about Tennessee, talk about uh, marketing and different career paths and a little bit about Google. Uh, we're going to do that for the, the, the most of the, the session. And then as we get towards the end, we're going to go into Q&A. So just a little bit of housekeeping. We've got the chat here where you can kind of communicate with each other. And then in the question area, that's where you can ask your question. So it's got a little speech bubble there and a question mark. That's the best place to ask your question and please do send those in throughout the session keep them coming and you can actually vote on the one that you want to be answered so um, just go over to the question tab and upvote any question and we'll get to that one first um, but without further ado let's uh, in introduce everyone else on the call so Tennessee do you want to start by giving a bit of a, an intro and let everyone know a bit about yourself Sure, thanks Toby. I'm Tennessee. I'm a marketing manager at Google. I work in the brand and reputation team, which is a team that sort of manages all of Google's programs that are about social impact and fostering trust and credibility for Google as a brand. So within that, we have projects that, focused on, that are focused on uh, sustainability, diversity and inclusion, ethics, privacy, and a vast range of social impact issues. My product area is developer marketing. So I sort of market all the tools that, well, at least one of the tools that Google has that is uh, used by developers. They used to sort of grow and scale their apps and games. So that's what I do. Uh, my background up until now is agency side. So I can speak to making that transition from being at an agency or being at several different agencies and then finally making the move in-house and what that was like. And outside of work, I also manage my own diversity and equity and inclusion consultancy. So I help companies transform their marketing, communications and supply chains, making them more ethical and inclusive. Brilliant. And uh, thanks so much as well for giving up some time to, to speak to our audience. It's, uh, it's always massively helpful. Lola, do you want to go let, let everyone know uh, a bit about yourself as well? Yeah, perfectly. So I'm Lola. I'm the community manager for Diverse. I'm helping maintain and grow the new community hub. Um, a lot of what I do is focusing on getting young professionals, mentorships, opportunities, 
and basically essentially things like that. And I'm super excited for this webinar. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. And, and actually, guys, just as we're going to go through this, as I mentioned, get your questions in, in the question tab. In the comments, let, let me know where you're based as well so we can kind of make this super specific. Like, where are you in the UK or are you elsewhere? Just drop that into the chat and, uh, and let us know. But uh, yeah, to kick things off, uh, Tennessee, let's start with uh, Google and your experience there. So um, what what is it like working at Google? I think that's the first question that's probably going to be on everyone's lips. It's something that you, you probably hear a lot about and, and think a lot about. And there's even a movie about, <laughs> you know, working at Google. So why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your experience there so far? Um, sure. So I've been at Google almost a year now, which sounds crazy to say. Um, and it's great. I mean, a lot of it is like what you would expect from like what you've heard about Google. It is a very fun organization to work at. You're surrounded by like really clever, really empathetic people. And um, there is a big emphasis on work-life balance and actually enjoying work. Like work shouldn't just be this stressful thing where you're kind of just waking up being like, I've got to go to work. Google does want you to enjoy yourself at work as well. Um, but that manifests in a lot of ways. I think beyond perks and benefits, there is a big emphasis on inclusion. And I will say it's one of the, it's the most inclusive organization I've ever worked at. I never expected um, to celebrate Windrush Day at work and have like literally serving food that only like my grandmother had made previously and I'd never really had it anywhere else. So there was a lot of, you can tell there was a lot of care and insight that went into those kind of events. And so it is, it's a great organization to work at. I will say it's a global company. So it means a lot of like cross-functional working, working with different teams, working with people from different backgrounds, culture, skill sets. So it's a really nice place to kind of cut your teeth on, you know, global working, working um, across borders. So that is really interesting too. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and talk to us about the experience. So are you in, are you based in the London office? Um, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. yeah, London office, right. What, What's it like from a sort of um, social perspective? I guess there's a lot of probably young people listening who are interested in work at Google mm -hmm. want to know a little bit more what it's what it's like in terms of you know, meeting other people and activities. Is, is there anything that you can share about that side of things? Yeah, so it's a great place to meet different people. Um, as I was saying, like it's easy to meet people from different cultures, different backgrounds and skill sets. But we also have like, for example, YouTube is in our office. So like I get to meet people that work with different artists and work on like YouTube shorts. And so I'm learning more about like the music space, media space. And um, I will say that there are a lot of what we call ERGs or enterprise resource groups. And those are sort of organizations within Google that allow you to meet people with a shared identity and network with them. And there's also like mentorship schemes and different initiatives that you can take part in as part of those groups. So I am part of Black at Google, um, Black Googlers Network, I should say, Women at Google, and a few other ones. And it's just like a way to meet people who, um, you know, I share like a lot of experience with. Um, and Beyond that, like I'm in the APMM program, which I will go on to talk more about, but it's in, like Google's flagship marketing, entry-level marketing scheme. And for me, it's, I can tell it's been highly invested in, in that we have a lot of marketing training opportunities, a lot of events and meetups. And so it's the chance for me to sort of share, um, you know, my experiences with other marketers, learn from them, learn about what they're working on at Google. And it's great having that exposure to what they're doing. Yeah, I can imagine. And I would have thought it, it's 
quite maybe a daunting thing, you know, um, starting at, at Google because, you know, the, the sort of reputation that the organization has. And I'm sure there's a lot of really high caliber uh, sort of uh, employees and all that kind of thing. How, how has that been for you? Did you kind of always feel confident about, you know, your ability to get a job at Google and perform well? Or was it ever something you, you sort of wondered about? Uh, what do, what um, do you think about that? Yeah, so before I joined uh, Google, I mean, I was very interested in the company as a brand. I thought it was very creative in its advertising and campaigns and things like that. And I loved the brand identity. And I was like, you know, someday I would like to work at Google. But since I joined it, I found it, you know, it did meet my sort of expectations in a lot of ways, but it sort of surpassed them in a lot of ways too. And of course, like everyone, I suffered imposter syndrome at first, but it quickly dissipated when Google had this like really amazingly robust uh, onboarding process and training process. So I never, I never felt overwhelmed or like thrown in at the deep end. I was able to like really study my projects that I'd be working on, get to meet members of the team, get to take on like some training that were specific to the role. So I did feel quite confident once I actually started. And then when you join, you realize that everyone is kind of the same in that they just want to do good work and make an impact. And like, they're not kind of like, Googlers are not these supernatural beings that are somehow like way smarter than everyone else or like way better than everyone else I think anyone has the potential to join an organization like Google I just think you have to kind of be kind of introspective and know who you are know the kind of role you want to go for and then create like a, a strategy and approach to get there absolutely and we're definitely going to get into the, the weeds of that I know there's questions already about you know how to obviously get a, a role at Google so we we'll definitely get onto that um how about your role specifically then? So you touched on it there and I and I love what you said already about the training and the support and the mentorship and, you know, even the Black Googlers Network as well, because I imagine that really, really helps with the adjustment if you're coming in at sort of an early career level um, from, a, from a Black Heritage background. So um, could you tell us a little bit more about your role and what you get to, up to on a day-to-day basis? There's probably going to be a lot of people in the audience who don't fully understand um, your, your role and, and what that means. So if you could kind of give us some examples and, and what that looks like um, do, doing your, your marketing role, that would be, that'd be really interesting. Sure. So I'm on the Associate Product Marketing Manager program, which is it kind of rolls up to Google's flagship marketing program, which is a product marketer program. You might have had PMM. Um, And it is kind of uh, Google's main program for marketers. And having said that, it's quite broad. So there are people on the program that specialize in social media. There are people that specialize in measurement and analytics, people that only handle brands and reputation stuff, which is what I do. So it's a great fit for you, no matter like what your skill set is, if you're more analytical, if you're more creative, if you if you're a designer, it's something that you can do and work in. And for me specifically, I am in the brand and reputation team, which means I work on an initiative. It's it's coming up in the future, near future, fingers crossed. And it is called um, it will be called Tech Equity Collective, and it is to increase Black representation in the tech industry in America. Um, currently, the number of Black people in tech is uh, quite limited, and that's for a lot of reasons: lacking access to training, education resources, social capital, funding. And so our goal is to expose black people to tech opportunities in a way that um, they can realize the kind of things that they can do and they can create roadmaps for themselves to to get in. 
Um, and aside from that, I also work on Google Play's uh, developer brand. So we Google Play is obviously uh, Google's app store, and there are a lot of developers that use the back end to kind of distribute their apps, to scale, to grow, to measure. And so my job has been to kind of create social content that helps them use the platform to the best of their ability. And I will say an average day, in my, well, there's not an average day in my life at Google, but on any given day, I might be strategizing for various different channels that we use to bring our initiatives to market. So I will put together an event strategy, thinking about kind of panel topics and um, stuff like that. I will also create a social media strategy. So thinking about kind of audiences, how we can reach them, what kind of content we should put out on social. Also PR, I work a lot with our PR person to um, craft content that we will pitch to press. So it is quite varied. I'll say if you like a broad overview of marketing. So if you're, for my role in particular, if you're not keen to be a specialist in anything, but you you like that integrated approach, you like very high level thinking, I would say that brand and reputation is definitely the kind of team you want to join. And I also spend a lot of time, well, not a lot of time, but I spend some time in meetings with my colleagues and my manager where we brainstorm ideas and we kind of um, check in on progress, set objectives. So it's nice to have that time as well to just really engage and connect with people. Awesome, that was incredible. That was that was really incredible breakdown. Um, lots, to, lots to dive into there, I think. So for, for example, just to make it, make it even more real for, for everyone listening. So if we take this sort of Google Play experience that you have, um, in your sort of position as in focused on brand and reputation, what what part do you sort of play? So in a, in a meeting, what what hat are you wearing? Is it you know um, what what can and can't happen with the Google brand, or is it around the messaging? How do you sort of, if you imagine you're in a meeting, what's your sort of lens that everyone's looking to towards you for your perspective on? Yeah, I think quite a few different things. So obviously knowing the user, whether it is someone who is an established developer or at a small company or at a big company, or maybe someone who hasn't even written a line of code or never worked in a tech company before, just knowing where they're coming from, their perspective. So I tend to bring a lot of insight and also um, channel specific insight too. So I come from a digital marketing background. So I'm able to pull from that in terms of knowing the capabilities of different platforms, like how to reach people, um, what are the best like formats to use for particular um, purposes. And so just bringing that insight into different channels is very uh, useful too. Um, and I think overall, it's just kind of knowing objectives. So for example, for our social media strategy for a Google Play business, which is our business channel, um, aimed, aimed at all sort of developers who might be entrepreneurs or maybe they are like marketers or growth people at um, gaming companies and things like that. I set the objectives for the for the channel, which kind of roll up to our, um, our platforms and ecosystem team overarching goals. So um, it's very much making sure that we are hitting the metrics that we set initially, making sure we're on track and flagging, you know, anything that might be slightly um, off track. Interesting, interesting. So you've got to really have a good understanding of the user and, and sort of, I remember when I worked in marketing, it was always difficult sometimes because you have to almost forget about a lot of what you know about the product and just sit in the customer's shoes, which I think is not easy when you're in meetings and you're talking, you know, about a campaign over and over again or a product and you start maybe thinking about using words that wouldn't necessarily resonate in the right way. So it's a, it's a definitely a challenging role in that sense. And did you find, because I found in some ways coming into a marketing role at a junior level or a, sort of being new to the industry, you can kind of 
bring a lot to the table in that sense because especially if you've been a user of the product or, or the other end of things you can kind of come in and, and your ideas are welcome straight away Did, have you found that in in this role were you able to sort of hit the ground running and sort of use your perspective as someone as a consumer or a user of the of google play or any other uh, campaigns that you've been involved in yeah, exactly. So for Tech Equity Collective specifically, which is our upcoming initiative to increase black representation in tech, there's a lot of it that resonates for me personally because I was a black graduate who was struggling to break into the industry, didn't know necessarily the right routes to take. And I knew I wanted to work in tech, but I didn't know enough about the different opportunities in the industry. And so weirdly enough, I do feel like I fit squarely into our target audience, or at least at the time I did. Um, so there's a lot I can bring from my lived experience to this work and that has been really really helpful 100% I think it's made it it's made it easier for me to kind of understand the kinds of content we should create and the kind of messaging that we need to, to use to convey um, different opportunities to this audience so that's been very very helpful. Yeah I can imagine and um, I'm imagining a lot of people are, are listening to this and thinking, okay, I want to get into marketing as well. What route do I go down? Do I do the agency route? Do I go, you know, employer side? And well, for anyone who's, who's listening and not sure, there's essentially, you know, the brands that probably you're used to, to hearing. And then there's agencies that often work with those organizations to help with campaigns or it could be social media management or, or whatever that they usually B2B and, and therefore not sort of um, customer facing, if you like. So um, I know, Tennessee, you have obviously an agency background how how did that help you and i guess what would be your advice or words of wisdom to someone listening who's thinking oh do i do agency route or or the corporate route straight away um how, how's that experience impacted what you're doing now at google um yeah so when i graduated i went straight into agency life doing comms and marketing and i did everything from crisis communications to media planning it was it was quite vast i even did like ppc for a while and when I knew I wanted to get into tech, I didn't know how my agency background would be relevant. I didn't know if it would be relevant. I felt like, you know, this is going to be a whole pivot. But as I started to go through different application processes and go to events and meet people, I started to realize there were a lot of transferable skills I could use to communicate my potential to thrive in the tech industry. And so number one, I would say is digital uh, marketing. So I had, while I'd never worked in tech before, I had been a digital marketer at a lot of agent, a lot of the agencies that I had worked at. So that meant managing and planning Twitter campaigns from end to end, LinkedIn campaigns, pulling insights from platforms like Brandwatch and Pulsar. So I knew how the platforms worked, and knew kind of which stakeholders were involved in multi-sided platforms, and that was something that I could really convey in my interviews with Google and say you know, while I've not been in tech, I have worked with tech platforms, I know how they work, I know which audiences were involved and how to reach them. And it, it made a lot of sense because Google is obviously this very innovative tech company, but at its core, it is a marketing company, right? That's what it does, that's what it does for businesses. So I was able to create those synergies. And I think another area was um, social impact as well. So like one of my last agencies was um, an agency that focused purely on social impact campaigns. So they didn't do anything else. It was all like sustainability, diversity and inclusion and, you know, community engagement, youth activism. And it was my first experience within that kind of comms organization. And what I started to realize is like tech companies, like every other company now, 
are living in this incredibly socially conscious world and have to have a stake in these conversations, have to be able to take action on social impact issues. So that it just happened to be relevant to my role because it is a diversity, equity and inclusion role. But I think it can apply to kind of any role at a tech company now, just showing you understand purpose issues and you understand the impact that they can have on companies from a reputational perspective, from a business perspective is very important to discuss in your interviews and your applications. And then I would say, finally, um, clients. So if you have had any tech clients previously, I think that that can be the that can be really great to draw from. So I had worked on TikTok and a couple of fintech clients and I'd worked, actually Google was my client in my last agency too, so I was able to talk about that. So just think about kind of the clients that you might have now that are relevant to the organizations you're applying to. Awesome, and uh, so if we take the some of the main career paths that you've already mentioned, so you've mentioned social media, you've mentioned brand, you know, there's, there's digital marketing as well. Um, social media those are some of the main ones I guess you've got uh, reputation which we'll we'll put into brand there's more the analytics side of things Um, what are some of the differences between those career paths and I guess you know just thinking again about the the listeners who might not be sure do I go social media route do I go down the you know the digital media route is there anything you can share about some of the maybe nuances between I'll let you choose any any of those um, that people should maybe be thinking about that you've sort of picked up during your time so far at Google? Yeah, so I pretty much started my uh, career in performance marketing, pay-per-click, um, very scaled social advertising. And I started to realise it wasn't for me because it was just a lot of data analysis. While I liked data analysis, it was just day in, day out, crunching numbers, um, analysing specific assets, and sometimes campaigns can have like 20 assets in the campaign and you're just sitting there trying to differentiate one creative from the other and it can be quite laborious and I realized that it wasn't for me like in particular but I'm sure other people will enjoy it so if you are kind of that person that likes sitting in a spreadsheet day in day out that might be for you I think social media can take different forms at different companies like some companies it will just be more the creative side so maybe you might be the TikTok person that is just making reels and you're filming and it's more of the production side of things other companies it will be more analytical other companies it might be more people focused so maybe you're presenting to a lot of people um maybe you're leading you know workshops and stuff like that so it can really take many forms so I'd say look into deeply into the job descriptions and speak to people at the companies that um, you want to go for because they will have a better idea of what that looks like day to day. When it came to crisis and reputation, it's very fast paced. Crises can happen at any moment. So you have to always be prepared. So if you like a very dynamic role, very exciting um, crisis comms might be for you. And brand for me, um, I've been in brand, I'd say, sort of my last role and this role at Google, mostly brand focused in the creative sense. And I I do love it because it is very high level creative. But if you do want a little bit of insight and a little bit of data, that is there too. And I like the best of both. I think it's equally strategic and analytical as it is creative and imaginative. So that's why it kind of works for me. Yeah, yeah, I guess it it's really important to think about what you want and how you work best. Because I think when we, we say go, um, marketing, 
no, no, just Google. When you say marketing, you kind of have a certain thought in your head. And I think especially, you know, you may have studied marketing at university or, you know, always thought, okay, I'd love to get into marketing. But it really does vary based on those career paths. You know, as you mentioned, those more sort of performance marketing um, campaigns and, and and for anyone listening as well. So when we talk about sort of paid media and performance marketing, often this is where an organization has like an outcome that they're trying to drive. So it might be, you know, signups to something, it could be, you know, sales, or usually it's kind of um, like a very specific goal. And you're kind of sort of putting paid, um, so paid media, so spend into Google ads or, or ads on other other platforms. And it's hugely data driven, right? So it's it's completely unlike, for example, brand or creative marketing. So here you're sort of looking at numbers and data and trying to pull levers to think, okay, where do we now get the better uh, outcomes from our, for our campaigns? Whereas um, some of the other areas, social media, there's there's still the analytical side of social media, but then there's also the creative side as well of creating what goes on social media, which I think, to be honest, is a lot of times what people think of when they think about marketing. But I think it's really important to understand all these other areas as well. And and then you've got brand that is, is kind of keeping everyone aligned to um, the values of the brand and understanding, you know, the, the messaging and how everything is communicated to the, the customer. So it's really important to understand those nuances. And I guess the first thing to think is, do I want to go down the more technical data-driven marketing route? Is that me? Do I, you know, like being in Excel and um, do I get excited when the numbers go up and that being my thing? Or is it more I want to use my creative eye to, you know, add some spark to the, the creative, as we call it. So that essentially is a fancy way of saying imagery and videos and things like that. So uh, that's really, really important to think about. And, and as Tennessee mentioned, she's got some agency experience as well. So oftentimes that is a, a common route that I think we, we see. So getting experience at a marketing agency and then you sort of really um, hone your skills there and then and then move over to a, a big brand maybe. But that's not the way everyone does it. It's just a, a pretty common path, uh, I guess. So, um, well, I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Tennessee. And it's a pretty, pretty general question. But um, as, of course, we've got everyone in the audience and uh, thanks so much as well for all these, these questions. Do keep them coming and uh, we'll get to them shortly. Um, of course, we've got a lot of people in the audience interested in a career in marketing. So just wanted to give you the mic, really, to just say whatever it is would be your advice to to someone listening now who is keen to perhaps break into marketing, who who hasn't got an experience in marketing thus far. What would be what would be your advice? Yeah, honestly, I would just say start creating. I mean, often people, you know, they get their first graduate job and it's not exactly what they envisioned. And that is okay. That happened to me. It's happened to a lot of my friends. And I think while you are, you know, seeking out a role that is more suited to you or suited to your skill sets and your overall career goals, I think it's important to not sit around and wait for the perfect offer to come along, but to just keep creating in the meantime. So for me, it was um, writing editorial. So while I didn't maintain my own blog, I was part of a lot of networks and I would write blogs for like UK Black Comms Network and I would write for my university's blog and it was a way for me to sort of create a portfolio about topics that I was interested in which I could attach to applications and that I could you know write on my CV as you know this is kind of work experience I created for myself and I think that intuition really appeals to recruiters and hiring managers and something else I've done is sort of been active on social media so I'm quite active on LinkedIn I post my own content and that is really effective about 
about it's really effective to put yourself on radar of recruiters for example I didn't really do much except post on LinkedIn last year while I was in my job and actually someone from Meta which was Facebook at the time a recruiter reached out to me so I was actually headhunted by Meta just from the stuff I was posting on LinkedIn and while I didn't get that role a few months later I was you know at Google so I think it just goes to show how important it is to build your personal brand and start doing stuff. And it might not be editorial, it might not be social media, it could be creating content. I remember like my friends would like have their like side hustles and their small businesses and I would be like, I'll create your logo, I'll create your website. You know, it's little things that you can do with the stuff that you learn at uni and stuff that you might have even learned from just like doing TikTok content. Just think about how you can repurpose that those skills and use them to build, you know, a reputation, build portfolios, and um, those will attract the kinds of opportunities that you're looking for. And and when you first started uh, sort of sharing content, I guess what what was it you were focusing on then in those blogs? Like what what content were you churning out? So I would I'm quite commercially aware, so I'd set up my Google alerts for different social media related topics. So I wrote about Twitter Spaces, for example, when it first launched, and what I thought that meant for Clubhouse and why I thought Twitter was creating that feature and I'd write about like at my university I wrote like my experience at the university why I chose the program what I've been doing with the program since I graduated so anything that feels authentic for you if you want to share stuff that you've learned at uni it might be marketing tips you can do that as well on social so it really is up to you but just make sure that you're kind of tailoring it to um, potential opportunities that you want to go for in the future. Absolutely, and I think, um, it, especially on LinkedIn as well, and the, the thing I think a lot of people will think when you say that is, you know, they're probably a bit daunted by the idea of sharing and posting, but I think you just need to get over that initial, you know, I share this and no one no one liked it. And the thing that helps me, because uh, that happens to me sometimes, you know, it's happened to me before, um, the good thing about social media is if you don't get an engagement, pretty much no one sees it anyway. So it's kind of like you got you got to start somewhere, I guess. And and then once you once you do and once you're doing it regularly, you kind of get a favorable um, sort of push, I guess, from the algorithm when you're like a regular user of any platform, because that platform wants to surface good content to to their audience. So I think yeah, that's really good advice for anyone who's who's listening who is maybe applying to lots of marketing roles but not hearing back. You know you can kind of go out there and, and do your own thing, first of all, to almost hone your own marketing skills. So, you know, if it's paid media, you can put a few pounds together and, and, you know, do some ads on Instagram or, you know, create content on LinkedIn or Twitter or YouTube. And even if you get no traction, I think the intent really matters because it kind of just shows the type of person you are. So when it comes to interviews and applications, there's there's a lot more to talk about, right? Because you can you can kind of show what you've what you've done already. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Yeah. Brilliant. So shall we go to I've got a few more questions, but maybe we should uh dip into some of these questions from the audience and see what everyone wants to know. Um Lola, do you want to start pulling pulling some of these out and send them over to Yeah, give me one second. So the first one is can you hear me all good? Yeah, all good. Good for it. Okay, perfect. So the first one is from Darcel, and it's what does Google as an employer look for in prospective Okay, so that was what does Google look for as a company in... What, what does Google as an employer look for 
in like a, a prospective employee? Yes, um, it's quite broad and you can find this more specifically on the careers website. But essentially, I would say an understanding of tech and innovation. It's an internet company, it's just an interest in tech and innovation. I think skills with uh, collaboration. So I work cross-functionally a lot. I do not I do not ever work in a silo. I don't think I've ever worked on a document by myself. Although if I do want to take ownership of a particular piece of work, I can do that. But mostly it is, you know, running something by PR, running something by our social media team. So it's very collaborative. So if you like working with other people, learning from other people, sharing your perspective with others, I think that is something that shines through as well. And um, third thing, I basically mentioned this um, the whole session, but it's an understanding of values and caring about issues that affect communities, issues that affect, you know, employees, uh, investors, other stakeholders. And these are kind of the obvious ones like sustainability problems and issues around inclusion and equity and economic opportunity. And the fact that we live in a world where a lot of people are advocating for things and activists about things. So just knowing that overarching um, context and understanding it and caring about it is something that will hold you in good stead if you decide to apply for Google. Yeah, that's 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 brilliant. And I think um, I've also heard that there's a sort of such thing as a Goog like googling us. Um, is is that essentially what that means? Um, all of those things wrapped up into one. I've sort of heard that you know in a Google interview they sort of think, okay, is this a, what level of Googleiness do we have here? Is is that what they're sort of referring to? Yeah, exactly. I would say that. I feel like Google is Googleiness is hard to define. At least I feel that way. But I'm sure Google has their robust process for making sure it's equitable and they're measuring people on the same standards. But for me, I think it's just, yeah, caring about people, caring about the user, caring about your colleagues, being empathetic, being intelligent and curious and wanting to challenge things, wanting to do things differently when it's needed. Um, and just, yeah, being open, being open to ambiguity. We thrive under ambiguity a lot, I would say, um, Googlers. We don't always have to have all the answers, but we do seek out the best way to go about solving problems. And I think that that is something that is the same across the board. Um, and yeah, it's a very interesting concept. I you know, as I was saying before, I do not think it's impossible. I do not think we're supernatural beings. I think anyone has the potential to become a Googler. I think it's all about finding the opportunity that kind of suits you because it is there is a vast array of different things you can do at Google. Like I work with people who are like, yes, they're engineers, people are product managers, people are in comms and PR and sort of marketing adjacent roles too. So whatever you're doing at an agency, whatever you're doing at a smaller company, you can definitely do that um, at Google. So I do think Googliness is just being curious and being open and, and wanting to do your best day in, day out. I love that. I love that. I think you, you've, you've shared so much uh, really, really great wisdom with us. But I think one of the most important things you've said really is, is really that you you know, demystifying, you know, this idea of, uh, you know, as you said, sort of supernatural beings at Google. So it's kind of, you know, if you are listening, you you know, you, if as long as you do take on board a lot of what Tennessee's sharing, you know, you can definitely go out and there and do that, do that as well. So Lola, I'll, I'll let you uh, pull out the next question and I'll maybe I'll ask a follow up, but uh, why don't you pull out the next one? Um, so the next one's from Rama and it's, I would like to know the best way to get the attention of recruiters from Google. That's a really good question. I mean, I wish I knew. Um, I, I, I mean, 
I have a hunch it's around personal branding. And so whatever is in your CV, that should match your socials, which should match your website if you have one. Just keeping it consistent and knowing there are particular areas that you're interested in and passionate about and making sure you're communicating that across any sort of touch point that a recruiter might have with you. I think um, applying, applying with a referral helps if you have someone in your network who works with Google. And I got a referral by work, by going to different events and meeting different people, meeting Googlers and staying connected on social media. And I think that is something that helps you get um, catch the eye of a recruiter is just knowing that you were referred by somebody at Google. And I think um, also like you will have a recruiter screening if you get to that stage after you apply. And there they just kind of want to see whether you understand the role, whether you are interested in the role and whether you can communicate why your skill set is a good match. And so I think just knowing your strengths, I always say you kind of just have to look inward before you apply for a role. Make sure that you know who you are, what you want out of the position, where your strengths are, where your challenges are um, and just start there and then the opportunities will come to you. Absolutely. And for, for anyone who does want to sort of get into networking a little bit more, who hasn't done that before, we do have a guide as, as well on that. So where we've got some uh, kind of ideas around how to go about networking and the sort of messages you can send and, and how to do it. You know, LinkedIn is obviously a tool that's built to help you do that. But um, as Tanisi said, usually the approach is to go ahead and apply first if, if you're if you're if you find a job that you really like but then from there you can reach out to people on linkedin and, and let them know that you've applied and and sort of start to build a rapport so we will have another separate session to dive into networking but um it's definitely something you can do to to build rapport and i think google has a, a pretty um robust system around referrals so um they do have that it's, it's kind of quite straightforward someone can share you look at a referral link and refer you for a role so um but yeah that's that's uh, always something to think about uh Lola, next question um so this one's from kerthana i hope that's right and um, what are the five things you wish you knew before joining google five things um the first one is that anyone has a place at Google and that it's not an unnatural thing to aspire to I think it's a good thing to aspire to I mean some people aspire to this very openly so you should uh, you should have the confidence to do that too and I think adaptability I wish I knew I could adapt or had the strength to adapt to different situations in a big company like Google because while I say there's a lot of transferable skills that I gave from my previous roles there's a lot that is equally new to me and that I'd never had the exposure to but just knowing that I do have the ability to navigate that. I think I would have liked to have known that before I joined. Um, and I think what I would like to have known is to apply with a referral because I spent quite a few years just applying and wondering why nothing was sticking. Um, and then I applied the first time I applied with a referral, I got an offer. And so I think, you know, do with that what you will. <laughs> um, I encourage you to apply with a referral if you can get one. And what else? There's two more things. I'm trying to think of two more things at work. Um, I would say thinking about, oh, this is actually quite important, so not thinking about your career as kind of a static thing and that there are always, it's a fluid, right? So there are always things that you can do that are different. You can always pivot, change. And I don't think my career, even before tech, was linear, but I do think there were aspects of my experience that I took with me into the next role and 
eventually I was crafting a career that kind of made sense, even though initially it absolutely didn't. And I am really sorry, I can't think of a fifth. So just um, those four I hope were really useful for you. No, that is that is really useful. And uh, yeah, I think I think that I really like that last point. But on, on the adaptability piece, was there what what helped you understand that then? Was there something that happened that initially because I think in work we we have a perfect idea of how work should go and then inevitably things will go wrong no matter whether you're at Google or you work for diverse there will always be things at some point that will go wrong so how did you sort of learn that you did have that adaptability and, and that wasn't something to be too um, daunted by yeah um, this is an interesting question so obviously i work in diversity equity inclusion when i graduated from uni i studied business at uni um i did not expect to work in di i mean i'd heard of it but for me i wanted to do something a bit more glamorous uh, you know i was like i want to be a fashion marketer or work in fashion pr or maybe if i'm in tech maybe it'll be a uh, consumer electronics or like marketing this fancy new phone or like ai assistant or something like that but as I started to get into agencies and I would work on clients that were much more product focused, it was literally about sales, marketing and product. And I felt like something was missing. I wasn't as inspired as I expected to be. I didn't feel as included as I expected to be. And so actually in my quest to leave what I would say were traditional corporate environments, I moved into a smaller startup that wasn't working on anything, you know, I guess glamorous. It wasn't working on like products or fashion or anything. And I'd worked on those clients pre previously, but what it did focus on was purpose and sustainability and diversity and inclusion specifically. And so I would help companies make their content more inclusive. I would help them treat their employees more equitably. And through those experiences, I actually gained the language to describe some of the stuff I had been through and I started to understand why I didn't feel as included and it started to make sense so at the time something that I thought was going to be kind of dry ended up being my career so I think just um just go for it when opportunities come your way and even if they don't make sense but you can draw from lived experience I think that's really important don't go into purpose because it's it seems like a trend but make sure it's an area that speaks to you something you want to change in your community something you might want to change about the world and then go for it even if it doesn't make sense as long as it feels authentic to you just take the opportunities that come your way I love that I love that and you can never sort of uh, perfectly plan out how it's going to go to your point it's kind of you know and and i think to some extent you just need to have a bit of faith with that what you're doing it's gonna sort of uh like the steve job quote is you know you can never connect the dots looking forward you can only do it looking backwards and i think it's so true and especially when when you're looking at an entry-level position you're going to be given things where you think oh do i want to be doing this or but then you realize maybe a couple of years later that thing that i was doing you know whether you know that, that sounded that felt mundane in the past and stuff hugely important to now so it's uh you get, get i guess you have a, have a bit of faith there. um you got the next question um so this is from rama and um, are there any marketing projects or competitions you would recommend for someone looking for working in marketing marketing projects i mean i can I can recommend like organizations. Yeah, if not, it could be like resources or any like websites or something like that. Yeah, so Bright Network is, um, it was indispensable for me. Uh, there were lots of different events I went to where I could meet people working in different fields, marketing, tech. Another one is SEO London. They focus on social mobility. 
So they run a lot of schemes where you can kind of go to the Google office for two days or go to the Facebook office and get exposure to people in those industries. And um, there's a few different channels as well, like girls and marketing. And, and, you know, they kind of focus more on contests and things that you can do to gain exposure. And so for me, I think, I mean, basically the SEO London like event was the reason I started at Google because I met someone there who ended up referring me, but it also gave me insight into roles. So I'd say beyond projects and contests, think about events, think about programs, mentorship schemes. I was also part of a mentorship scheme by BYP Network and Snapchat. And my mentor just happened to be an ex-Googler. And so I would just pick her brain. As I was going through the interview process, I would touch base with her every different stage. I would say, you know, what would you do here? And she would. She always had advice, even up to negotiation, she had advice on that. So I think finding a mentor is, is really useful as well. Definitely, definitely. And we also uh, help coordinate mentorships as well. We've got a, uh, a big mentorship program we're doing with, with Unity. So there could be some opportunities there. I'm curious as well, Tennessee, the... Google Digital Marketing uh, course. I think it's the Google Digital Marketing Garage, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that something that you've you've used or, or would recommend? Or yeah, so I did do the um, Digital Marketing Garage many years ago, and but Google since then, I know Grow with Google has these career certificates now, and I think one of them is in digital marketing, and for that you can spend like I don't know three to six months just in your spare time learning about different types of marketing. SEO, PPC, um, social media, website. And so it's, and these are free resources, I have to mention, they're either free or subsidized or, you know, very affordable resources. So I do think it's important to leverage them as much as you can. I know other companies like uh, Meta has a blueprint and then like there's also HubSpot who has a lot of different courses and certifications you could take. So I think do leverage those resources in your spare time. Um, don't wait for the experience to just magically appear. You've got to create your own experiences and build your own portfolios. And I think that's the way to do it. Awesome. What else have we got? What's next? Um, I think what you said kind of also interlinks with this next question from Andrew, but it's as someone with no experience, no marketing education, what would be the best way to achieve a marketing role in Google or in general? Yeah, so um, everything, kind of everything I'm, I've been thinking about. So like events, um, resources, courses, mentorship schemes. But I think also just remembering that your degree major doesn't have to define you. I did business. I probably had maybe two courses in marketing, if that. So everything I learned about marketing, pretty much I learned on the job. I work with people who have studied philosophy and people who have studied law and now they're in marketing. So I don't think you have to have studied marketing to be working in marketing. There are so many resources and events out there, even like diverse, right? Mentorship schemes, just leveraging every resource you can get and be be very proactive, be very intentional. Like I was not ashamed to be intentional about getting into Google. As I said, you know, some people are very open and have a lot of conviction about their ability to get into these kinds of firms so i think we should be the same way i think we shouldn't be this should this should be something that you want for yourself 100 and do not be shy about it and do go up to people and say i i love what you do i would love to work in your firm how did you get there i did that time and time again and that is what helped me navigate this whole application process 
It's what got me into the door. Even now at Google, it's something that helps me to thrive by understanding what do other teams do? How can I bring that into the work I'm doing? So it's a con I'd say networking is the one constant in my life. It's something I'm very proactive about, very intentional about. And um, yeah, it, it gets easier with time. I will say you get the confidence with time and you get the ability to also impart something from your experience to make sure that there is a value exchange. Um, yeah. I love that question though. It's an obvious one and I don't think we've done a lot of events. I don't think anyone has sort of said it in, in that sort of clearer way of, you know, if you do just meet anyone at a place you're trying to work or role you're trying to be in, you know, ask them how they did it. It's kind of an obvious thing that maybe gets a bit overlooked. And actually, well, that sort of gave me a thought as well. Why don't you as well, guys, drop in the, the comments um, whether you're studying a degree in marketing or not, because I think it might be quite interesting to know that split because obviously you're all in marketing, but it'd be, be good to know that because clearly you can get into marketing with a marketing degree and clearly you can do it without one. Tennessee uh, did her degree in business and I, I did an economics degree actually, which pretty much didn't really use him in, in the marketing role at all but um it was kind of it's kind of useful in a way just to have a sort of a different perspective on things i guess um but that'd be interesting guys do share that in the comments if you're studying marketing or or not but um yeah let's let's move on to the next question Lena. um so this is from katana and is what type of activities does ergs do and how did you get involved ergs do a vast array of activities i think a lot of events, cultural events, events are, because remember ERGs are mostly marginalized, but not exclusively marginalized. Some of them are just people with a shared identity, but most mostly people who are underrepresented in these spaces have had a lack of access into these spaces. So I think there is a focus on empowerment, inspiration, and encouraging people. So there's a lot of talks, a lot of panels, and networking events where you can continue to be encouraged and inspired about the work that you do. But I also think a lot of resources put behind mentorship and coaching and skills building training. So um, it's very fun in that you could, you know, get a mentor perhaps from another organization. But the way that I've been supporting um, ERGs is, is actually by thinking about kind of partnerships and thinking about how to leverage the insight that I now have and bring that to the community. So something I'm working on with the Black Googlers Network is an editorial, um, an issue of a magazine where we are profiling uh, Black Googlers, people from the steering committee of BGN, and then also local Black businesses in the community. And that's really fulfilling for me because I'm able to connect the dots between what I'm doing now and the impact that I can have on the community outside of Google, so externally. So I think there's a big array of things you can do with ERGs through ERGs. I think you can support them, but you can equally be supported by them. So I do highly encourage if you get into a tech company, do join as many as you can that you know connect with you and you feel like you can impart something to those groups because um, they a lot of them thrive off volunteers. So it's great if you do want to get involved in something like that. Um, I've got another one here as well, and it's how did you ask? How do you ask for a referral? Um, Which I'm sure curious about as well. Yeah, so this is an interesting question. So, I mean, for me, it was going to events and meeting people, and I didn't ask them at the time because they didn't know me. But I would reach out 
sometimes later after we've been connected for a while and built a relationship. But I do think you can reach out cold to people. I've actually written a piece on this. It's in Business Insider, so do read it. It's very helpful for this kind of stuff. And it's, for me, it was always finding an area of common ground. So that could be a shared identity. Maybe you both went to the same uni. Maybe you've worked at the same company previously, but reaching out on LinkedIn and saying, you know, I see that you work at Google. I'm very interested in it. I see that we've gone to the same university. This was my experience there. How did you go from university into Google? Or how did you go from XYZ firm into Google? Um, or I see that you're part of the Black Googlers network. I um, come from that identity. What's your experience being a Black person at Google? Always find a point of commonality because people, I mean, it's just basic psychology, right? People like people they kind of can relate to. So I think rather than just going in cold and being like, I want a job at Google, which I do get those messages day in, day out, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm more likely to respond to people that have been, you know, considerate about their approach. Yeah, and, and there's lots of ways to find commonalities in there. That they, they could be your university or, or something similar you've seen in their uh, experience. But I think just, just to add to that, it's always good if you can open by essentially giving something to them as well. So, for example, if Tennessee's sharing her blogs on, um, you know, the trends within social media, then you might want to read one of those first before reaching out to her and, you know, let her know what you think and, or, you know, uh, yeah, say say something about the, one of those blogs that really resonated with you because that kind of thing is going to help you stand out from the crowd. I can always tell when someone sent me a very specific message, it was thoughtful versus quite a generic one which you know it's, it's hard to get a response from really so um yeah be i think the the intent it's like a, a lot of things in life the intent really really matters if you're going into it looking at it being more of a like a reciprocal thing i think that's the best way to go you know think about what you might be able to do for them as well not just uh, the other way around um but yeah what have we got next and actually quick on that point do your research before you approach a referral you should know the kind of roles you're interested in and whether you're a good fit please don't share roles with potential referees that have nothing to do with the things that you've been doing and are completely unrelated i think that's really important so do a bit of research find out what's out there and convey to the referral or potential referral convey to them why you think you're the person for the role i think that that's been really like helpful for me and i respond to those people who have done a little bit of due diligence beforehand Um, so the next one is from Abhishek and it's will you describe would I think it's would you describe Google as a more result focused or effort focused organization? Definitely results focused, right? I mean it's an internet company, it's a data-driven company, definitely focus on impact. But having said that, impact can take many forms. Outcomes and like reaching goals can take many forms. In brand and reputation it goes everything from have people seen this how do they feel about it to has this made a difference in their lives so there are many ways to quantify and qualify impact um it all goes down to the kind of goals on the of the team and the particular product area project and these are things you can find out by speaking to people in the roles or even throughout the recruitment process the recruiter told me a lot about what you know what the focus was for my team what did they care about what was the impact they were looking to make so um there's always a way you can kind of put data behind the impact that you're making you just have to be really strategic about it
Um, I've got another one as well, and it was um, from the same person, but what would be the best place to find more networking, networking events? And then they said, I doubt you would know any in Sydney, Australia. Um, I just Googled. I Googled like networking events in my area or um, marketing events and follow, I think follow brands on LinkedIn as well. If you're interested in working at a company, follow them on LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, because they often post about events and seminars that they have coming up. So that's another way to, and I think it becomes easier. Once you join networks, it becomes easier to find other ones that are relevant just by speaking to people there. They'll always recommend other places because what I find is that there are people that consistently just go to different ones. So they have a huge pool of organizations that they can share with you. So I think just once you start, it gets much easier. Definitely. Let's get to a couple more then, Lola. So actually, yeah, I want to hear the answer to Jordan's one. So the transition from work life to the agency side versus Google. So um, yeah, anything you miss from agency life or is there something you are desperate to get away from? Um, I would say agency life, from my experience, didn't have the greatest work-life balance, but I did, I learned what I needed to learn. I definitely developed a lot of skills from agency life simply because I was working with different companies, working with different clients. Um, and that was quite broad exposure, I would say, um, to different kind of corporate issues, business problems. But being at Google now, being in-house for kind of the first time, this is my first full-time in-house role, I would say it is, it's different in that I'm working with lots of different people. I was the only digital person in my last firm to now, whereas like there's a whole digital team that supports us on campaigns. It's just a whole different dynamic. I would say, um, I don't know if this is Google specific. I do think it is kind of tech specific. There's a few tech organizations that have this focus, but I would say it's much more inclusive and there is a focus on work-life balance. And I didn't really experience that prior to this. So that is, is new. Um, but I would say last thing that whatever you're doing at an agency, you can 100% do it in a big tech firm. It's just about finding the right team and the right project, but it's not like a completely different world. And I wouldn't say I'm using a completely different skill set either. Amazing, amazing. And then I guess uh, just to wrap, I guess I'll just hand it back to you just to share anything else that you'd like to share or you might have uh, might have summarized everything, to be honest, because we've hit so many different topics. But um, yeah, is there anything else that you want to leave everyone with um, just in regards to their career or Google or could be absolutely anything before we before we close out? Um, yeah, so overall, I'd say marketing is this very vast industry and there's so many different options out there and a lot of it can get confusing especially if you haven't tried a lot out and you have limited experience so i just say ask as many questions as you can and do as much research as you can on google for events and i think that will help you in navigating the industry and getting to the role that you want to be in and you know it might not even be a role it could be full-time entrepreneurship it could be there's lots of different things you can do so but you wouldn't you won't know that unless you get that exposure by meeting people so i'd say join join organizations do go out there do post on social media even if it feels intimidating at first 
I think all of that stuff helps. Incredible. Thanks so much, Tennessee. And uh, everyone in the audience, I hope you really, really appreciated uh, everything that was shared by, uh, by Tennessee there. So I'm going to pop up a little poll just to uh, find out what you all thought. I'm going to send it to you now. So it should be able to, should be able to, to get to that poll. Um, but uh, we're also doing another session on Monday at 3 p.m. on banking. So we're going from marketing to banking. So not sure how many uh, marketing people are interested in that, but do feel free to come along if you, if you like. But um, I think that was really, really useful. And there was a lot there that is, is practical that you can go and put into place. And probably a lot as well to think about in terms of the right direction for you in terms of marketing and there's definitely been the theme there of, of sort of pausing and understanding the right direction for you building connections uh, making very tailored and specific uh, applications and um, also getting referrals if you if you can and uh, a rave review for, for google there as well so i think um yeah there's a lot a lot there to, to love um and then the, just the last poll i'm going to put up as well is uh, going to be around what sessions you want to see moving forward. So let us know if you want more employer sessions, more interview focused, or, you know, is it CVs you're struggling with? I'm going to ask you to, to let me know what you think there as well. So that one's going to come up in just a second. Uh, that should be live just about now. So, uh, and as I say, guys, we usually do at least once a month of these sessions. We do have a couple uh, this month. But um, we're going to be keeping them coming and essentially bringing on uh, guests who can really add value and, and, and give you a lot of uh, practical advice and tips. And you'll now receive opportunities as well via our newsletter. So um, look out for those. If there's graduate schemes, placements, internships you're interested in over the next few months, there's going to be a lot more of those positions live. Uh, right now, there's quite a few entry level positions if you've um, if you've not gone to university or you've already uh, graduated and those are all in the UK as well. So thanks so much again, Tennessee. Really, really appreciate your your help. And thanks Lola as well for, for doing a great job there with the questions. Um, the recording is going to get sent out straight after this. Once I cl click um, end broadcast, we'll all disappear, but you'll uh, you'll get the recording so you can watch this back if you if you need to. And last thing to say is would be, you know, best of luck in your career in marketing and fingers crossed uh, Tennessee is going to be seeing a few of you at Google one day, uh, one day very soon. Okay. Awesome. Let's close out there. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Tennessee. Thanks.